At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. So hello, I'm Stephanie Evans, Executive Director of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Today, we're talking with Alyssa and Joe Graves of Central City Church in Grandview Heights. Welcome to you guys, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. So starting a church is a little different than starting a business, but I would imagine that there are many aspects of it um, that you have to treat as a business in order to be successful. So those are the things I'd like to talk to you about today, um, running a church as a business, Mm -hmm. and how you guys got started with Central City Church. Sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. So to kick us off, um, we always ask the same question of everyone, and that is, what did you want to be when you were a child, and how does that tie into your uh, the, the place where you are today? Yeah, so when I was growing up, I, I think I just wanted to save the world. So uh, I remember wanting to be a marine biologist because I wanted to save all the animals and wanted to be a missionary because I wanted to save all the kids around the world. And I wanted to be a teacher because I wanted to save all the high schoolers that were getting in trouble. And um, so I just wanted to save the world. And now I am none of those, but <laughs> I am a pastor. Um, so, it, you know, it works because I get to to help people where they're at and bring light into a neighborhood or into people's lives. So. Yeah, and I would say that when I was, especially in high school, I was really kind of trying to wrestle, Did I do I want to go into ministry, and specifically, do I want to be a missionary? So, I mean, let's have that in common. And there was something like romantic, I think, in our Christian world at the time about being a missionary and the adventure and sacrifice that went with that. So I think there's probably a lot of people who grew up in similar environments that felt that way. But then I also kind of wanted to do something creative. I was really into art, really enjoyed creativity. So I really wrestled a lot with, you know, should I go into art or should I go into ministry of some sort? And and now I think as a pastor of a, of a church, and especially a new church start, we I get to do a lot of both. So mm-hmm. I really have fun doing the ministry, being a pastor, but then being able to do some of the creative stuff from marketing to other types of creative endeavors. So it does kind of come full circle and, and bring your passions all together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right? in a lot of ways, yeah. Which is the the good thing about being able to start your own whatever, because we get to kind of shape and form how what that yeah, looks like. And yeah, we get to about. develop the culture and, and also our roles in um, at working together as co-pastors, we get to develop those roles, but then also just like the roles of what, what, what we do as a church and and the work we get to accomplish and what it looks like. Yeah. So one of the things on your website says that you're doing church differently. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about that? And what does that mean? You know, this actually goes back to like starting a business. We've really tried to figure out um, as a church who we are. Um, we've been a community now for a year. And so part of that is like the classic branding 
marketing conversation then any businesses especially a new business you, know, you want to have a clarity of vision you want to make sure you can tell people exactly who you are so there's been when we started we had a particular vision and now we've been doing it for a year we've been asking the question well why do the people who come what do they love about it and i think there's something that makes us unique um, and i think some of those things are our personality we embrace mystery and questions so when it comes to like a faith perspective you know like our sermons typically aren't the answer to a question, they're more often ending with a question. And so that's one of the things that makes us different. And actually, a lot of people come to our church because they're like, we feel like there's room for conversation. We feel like you're not telling us we have to believe a certain thing or we get kicked out. So we try to create that space for mystery and um, and for creativity. Um, that's a, probably another thing that makes us different. But uh, holding things in tension would be probably the thing that makes us the most different and being welcoming to people regardless of where they're at in life, whether they have faith at all. Mm-hmm. Those are probably some things that make us different. Um, another thing is we try to be intentional about living the church out in mission. So one of the things we say is we try not to out, we don't try to outsource our mission. So we are a church in, uh, that's engaged in doing the hard work of ministry, especially with the vulnerable and creating space for people to volunteer and give back to that. And I think in some ways that makes us different as well. We, we are doing church different than a lot of people have experienced previously. We want to be about relationships with each other and um, not, not being people that have it all together, but recognizing who we are and being vulnerable in that and being a place where no matter who you are, what you've done, where you're going like you can be here and we will be there on that journey with you yeah so are are you contemporary or traditional are you conservative or progressive and and a lot of those labels don't work well for us because we're all of that (laughs) and none of that all of that would you say that's part of your kind of business model like that was the plan to kind of come in and, and be different intentionally yes yeah we've had a lot of experience and i think one of the reasons why Um, we wanted to start something new is because we weren't seeing church done the way that we would like to be a part of a church. And so, yeah, it was our business model to be different, to be something um, that people who have had a negative experience with church could come and be welcome and, and find what they're looking for in that. And so it kind of is, we want to be different, but we want to be what we think the church is supposed to be. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily that we want to be different just for the sake of being different, but we want to be different because we feel like the church is something is missing in yeah. churches. And so like a very sincere, genuine place. We're like, this is what the church could be. And we really push that from a business marketing standpoint, you can still approach the conversation and come to a similar conclusion. Say, look at market research. The vast majority of people who are unchurched were churched at one time. Um, they were a part of a church community and maybe even associate with a church community if, even if they don't attend. So now now you're saying like the majority of people that might come to our church used to go to church, which means they stopped going. And as you get to know the people who stopped going, you're hearing stories. Some people stopped going because of indifferent reasons, you know, neutral reasons. They just stopped going and got bored. But a lot of the people we're meeting have had negative experiences with church. A lot of people have been really hurt by church. So some of the stuff we're trying to do different in the way we approach it is in response to the fact that, yeah. So if people are like, I love church and um, I'm all about church and church is the best thing in the world, um, we don't attract a lot of those people, you know. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that probably makes mm-hmm. us different as well. We're okay. really connecting with people who've been 
have had a negative experience. Well, and one of the things too that um, that struck me early on because we met you guys how how long have you a year and a half ago yeah yeah so um you came to us pretty early on or came to the chamber pretty on early Mm -hmm. on when you um when you first moved into grandview but your um, your mobile unit right like you you carry a trailer yeah church in a box yeah yeah that's (laughs) yeah so um yeah yeah, so you started out at the grandview theater Mm -hmm. yeah and now you're over at the CA backspace, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but you you still have your trailer and you bring things with you so that you can kind of go yeah. wherever you need to go. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of a unique aspect as well. It is unique. It's hard because we people ask us where we're located, and we tell them that we have like five addresses. <laughs> um, so at any given moment, we might be in a different location. We have our church at CA backspace where we bring the trailer and we set up all of our kids' space and our um, coffee and our band and everything. And then we have office space at a couple different churches that we're partnering with, and we have a P.O. box. And so we have all these different addresses. And I think it does make us unique that um, we're just ready to be where we need to be, I guess. And and also, you know, once again, thinking about you're, you're trying to connect with people who aren't going to church already, and one of the barriers for people is the church building itself sometimes if had a bad experience um the feeling of a church building can be a hindrance and so being in a neutral place like a theater or an event center like you take away that barrier and anytime you take away you know a barrier from a perspective you know person who could be connected to your community if you're thinking of it like a business someone who might be a client or whatever that's a that's a huge win mm-hmm. so there's like there's definitely you know, long term, could we exist in a traditional building? Yeah, a traditional church building, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But to start, it's really there's a lot of benefits to being in a a, a different place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I think this, some of the things that you're describing also do apply to other businesses. When we mm-hmm. think about what others can learn from what you're doing in um, being flexible, being mobile, going to where the people are, mm-hmm. um, and and just kind of being available, um, thinking outside that box, I think is is really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is the best advice that someone gave you when you said you were going to start this business or this church? Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be the process of networking. Um, and so this is just as nothing unique to the church experience, but I actually, I actually think, you know, our Jesus, which is our model for ministry is probably one of the best networkers in the sense that he was, when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was in the community, he's meeting people and he talks about uh, this. This uh, uh, he's sending his disciples out to do similar stuff, and he talks about this person of peace. And so he would send people out to these villages. And he said, if you go to a house and you meet someone, so basically go and network. If we use modern language, and and you run across somebody and there's a positive experience, then invest in that. And if you run into somebody who doesn't like what you're doing, he says, shake off the dust and don't worry about it. And it's like this sense of like, don't let that stop you from keep going, because. In the process of networking and trying to meet people who want to be a part of what you're doing, you majority of the people you meet in any business probably don't want anything to do with it, right? And so you can't, on the one side, let that negativity drag you down because that can be really hard and discouraging. But then on the other hand, you have to keep going and finding those people who are interested and invest in there. And so the process that we've tried to do of meeting new people on a regular basis and following up with them and then trying to just be in relationship without necessarily any strings strings attached uh, especially as a church like we're not trying to do any particular sale but just be in relationship mm-hmm. with people and then if there's room in the community for them then that's great that's probably the, one of the best that process of just meeting new people 
Yeah, mine was along the same lines of just invest in the relationships that take hold, I think is is one of the things that I heard um, early on that that keeps me going, that it's not about a large number of people, but it's investing in those relationships that are that are important to those people and to us. Well, one of the things that we always say at the chamber is, um, you know, we provide the networking opportunities, but, you know, the more you show up, the more you get to know people and people want to do business with people that they know. Yeah. Um, So it really kind of pays off in in lots of respects. Yeah. It's actually been really fun for the last year and a half being a part of the chamber and um, just getting to like walk around Grandview and, and, the tri-village area and just being able to like, Oh, I know them. I've seen them at a chamber meeting or we've done, we've done this event together. And, um, regardless of who's using what business, it's just really fun to know more people. And so we go to restaurants that are chamber members and we go to, (laughs) we shop at stores that, and use services from the chamber just because we know the people that, yeah. Well, this is a nice segue too, to kind of bring up the fact that Alyssa, you have been um, really helpful here to our chamber members in stepping up to um, kind of uh, organize uh, opportunities mm-hmm. for our members to to volunteer their time. So we appreciate the work that you're doing and yeah. look forward to, to having more of, of that coming our way too. Um, so what would you guys say is has been your biggest challenge? I have a lot of answers to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys have a lot. I mean, you're 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 doing a lot. You have a young yeah. child. Yeah. Um, you know, well, you... he's the biggest challenge. <laughs> yeah. And the greatest the hardest, blessing. The hardest thing we've done in the last two years is raise a, a yeah, child. Yeah. So, so I would imagine time. Yeah. Is is a is a struggle just yeah. trying to manage your time between time all the places is, you're trying to be. Especially as a startup, like having to invest so much time and energy into something that's new so that it can be successful has been a huge challenge for us. And as we as we work together. Um, we're both trying to put in all of that energy. And so other things in our life, you know, it is challenging to, to make room for, for all of that. I think the other thing too is there is a lot of pressure to succeed. And there's not really a lot of room in our culture for failure and whatever scale. And so, um, when we most, weeks or days when we feel like we're failing, um, there's not really room for that, for the experimentation. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves that we're still new at this and we're still trying to figure out what this looks like in this neighborhood and with these people. And so, yeah, I think the pressure is is probably one of the, the biggest challenges because the relationships for me are easy. I love meeting new people and getting to know people and hearing their story and 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 doing church um, is easy for me, uh, coming to worship and, and doing stuff in missions and small groups is easy, but it is a lot of the pressure to succeed without room for failures. Yeah. And the fear of failure can be really, uh, overwhelming. And I think it's, as I've talked to other people who do, who've started other things, like this is just a common feeling, but mm-hmm. one of the challenges also that adds to that feeling is it's abstract. I was ta- like, I was talking to somebody who just left his job at a university to, to run his own business and he's been doing it on the side. Now he's doing it full time. And he's like, you know, and I worked at an institution, they just like, I went in and they told me what I needed to do that day. Now I'm my own boss. And I'm like, I'm not always sure what I'm supposed to be doing when you're your own boss. And I think that's really true to a startup, unless you're doing a startup that already has like a particular model. That's like, this is what you do. And you've 
you've bought it from somebody or someone's given it to you. Like, this is what the startup business looks like, which churches could be that, but we decided to do church differently. So we're not following a particular model. I've struggled to find a model similar to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So in that case, when you're doing something that's truly something new or something that's like a, like a new thing, figuring it out is this nebulous abstract thing that you're like all the way down to the very practical thing of how are we spending our time mm -hmm. and where should we be spending our time? And that's something we talk about on a regular basis. The mm -hmm. simple, like it plays down to that most basic thing of like, where's our 40, probably 60 hours a week going mm -hmm. and should it be going there? Or should it be going somewhere else? And uh, there's some models that we can get some wisdom from, but ultimately we have to kind of figure it out as we wrestle through this new thing that exists. Right. I think that um, the, the, what you mentioned about failure and kind of no room for failure and, mm -hmm. and learning how to persevere uh, is uh, really, really important. Mm -hmm. I think I know as a parent myself, you know, yeah. none of us want to see our kids fail. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but, and, and we try to protect them from that. But at the same time, um, you're almost giving them a gift mm -hmm. <laughs> when they do fail so that they learn how to pick themselves up. Right. And pull themselves back together and move on. And we learn from our failures. You know, like mm -hmm. when something doesn't work, we can do it differently next time. Um, but the, I think it's hard to see something fail. So, you know, we've worked, put so much energy and time into something. We want to see it succeed. And so when it does fail, there's kind of a little heartbreak. But then also, you know, what's the perception on the outside of that failing? And and even though it was experimental, does everyone understand that? And how can we communicate that in a way that, like, this is okay. Like, we're just learning how to do this better mm -hmm. next time. And, and there's so. ways to fail well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the book Lean Startup. I think it's called yeah. Lean Startup or something like mm -hmm. that. That he talks a lot about um, you know, failing quicker. Yeah. So you put off the failure. You put off, like, the potential for failure. And you do all this pre-work. And then, and then if it doesn't work, you've wasted a year of your life. Whereas if you just put out little things and you start right away, you can learn much quicker from the failure. And so that's hard. You know, we want to, we want to, we want to put more work in at the front end and then hope it just works a year later after all the work we put into, instead of experimenting along the way to figure out what works so that a year later we're, we've got a working product or a working community or whatever. But yeah, failing quicker is something that is, is a good thing to do. <laughs> right, right. It you feels weird because nobody really wants to fail. Right, right. You never set out thinking, yeah. I'm going to fail today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, so you don't want that to happen. <laughs> but, but that's something I learned in art. My art teacher in, in high school is one of the biggest lessons I ever learned. He was like, you're not going to get the drawing right the first time, so I want you guys to go make three mistakes before you settle in on on your final product. So his like command usually when we started a project was like, all right, now go make some mistakes and we'll get to doing the finished product tomorrow. Right. And I was like, right. it was like really freeing. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, okay. it's kind of along the same lines as practice makes perfect. You know, yeah. when you think about like yeah. a piano lesson and you know, just that like allowing yourself or understanding that I'm going to mess up, but yeah. with practice, I get a lot better. Right. Um, so kind of learning from your mistakes and your failures. Yeah. Um, helps you to, to stick to stick with it, right? So yeah. you're not just going to um, walk away. Right. Yeah. My next question is, how yeah. do you define success? This is, we'll yeah. wrap it up here. How do you define success, and how will you know when you're there? Yeah, I have to remind myself on a on a almost daily basis that the success for our particular business is that lives are changed. People are growing at um, in their personal lives, in their faith, and so 
success isn't necessarily numbers or anything like that, but it's the relationships that are being built and people are finding community and are finding hope. And, um, and so I have to remember that on a regular basis because sometimes I get wrapped up in so much of, um, did this program work or did this event happen and what went well. But, um, when I hear stories of people who, uh, meet someone at our church or in one of our volunteer opportunities and they are ongoing friends. Um, when they didn't have any friends in their life, they were new to Columbus, they didn't know anybody, but now they have this group of people that they can call when they need something. Um, that's success for me. So no matter what our numbers are, what we do, um, knowing that, that people are building those relationships is what's success for me. Yeah. And, you know, like and along those lines, Christianity in America is a big business. I mean, it just is. if you don't know that, it's a big business, a lot of money in the whole market of Christianity from churches to books to music. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon. We live in that business. And so it's really easy. A lot of pressure. When we talk about pressure around failure and stuff, there's a lot of pressure around numbers and and, and there's a lot of pressure to treat you know church like a business, which it is. But at the same time, for our own soul, it's really becomes unhealthy to think of it in that regard. So then we have to go back to what is success. We have to answer that question, and we we have to constantly remind ourselves that you know my answer would be similar, to Alyssa. It's what does it look like to invest in one person who at at, at the end of that relationship or at down the road in that relationship is able to now invest in someone else, and that lives are changed to these one on one relationships what we would call discipleship but it's really just this relationships where people's lives are changed they're moving into community with each other they're supporting one another and they're increasing in their ability to trust god and that changes their life because now they're doing things they never would have done they're taking risks they never would have taken because of their their willingness and their ability to to trust god and uh and love each other so i guess it was jesus who said you know two great commandments love god and love others if we see an increasing amount of people loving God and loving others in our community, then I guess that's, that's what we would say is success. All right. Well, and I, I, I agree. Relationships are, are so important, I think, mm-hmm. to any organization. Yeah. Um, no matter what you're doing, um, those, those, uh, it's really what it boils down to. Um, so I want to thank you guys and congratulate you um, yeah. a year and a half in and um, keep doing the great work that you're doing. And um, thank you again for the work that you do for the chamber. We appreciate your leadership and um, the, the part that you play here. So. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for thanks guys. Circle270media.com. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon. Or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. With rapid insurance on Vodafone Business, we'll get a replacement phone to you within four hours. So if you should... Oh, no. Or even... Just get in touch and we'll... 
Your replacement phone, sir. Your phone replaced within four hours with our rapid insurance. Available on our new and limited data plans. The future is exciting. Ready? Vodafone Business. Max download upload speeds apply to data. Coverage may vary. Unlimited and rapid terms at vodafone.co.uk slash terms.